So the particular trigger, uh, if you like the word, for this episode comes from this book, which we'll be looking at later on. It's The Looking Glass War by John le Carré, and it's his fourth novel. I have to hesitate before saying it's his fourth novel, because of course many of you might, if you've heard of it at all, consider it to be his second. And I have here his third or first novel, and it's called The Spy Who Came In From The Cold by John le Carré, known by me and some of my friends in the Cold War world as uh, The Spy Who, which I think is very dramatic, is the book which allowed John le Carré to leave his life as a spy and become another spy as a novelist for the rest of his life. And of course, nowadays we think of him as a TV and film merchant in many ways, but he'll always be a novelist. Novel is the natural medium for somebody like John le Carré. People who work in the shadows, people who think and live in the shadows are not TV people. They are book people. And David Cornwell is an absolute through and through book person uh, and an academic to an extent too. So why are we here? The Looking Glass War, Alice in Wonderland. Really because The Looking Glass War is easy to overlook. The Spy Who is an absolute page-turner. It's just the right length for a movie. It's been made a few times. A really good story, and it's not a pretty story. It's not got a nice ending. It's a difficult story, and it's not a Hollywood story, but it's a great story. There is absolutely no escaping that fact, and it was recognised by critics and the general public, and it gave John le Carré the excuse he needed to leave his job for the first time in the early 60s and become a novelist. And then if we move on to the rest of my stash, and the reason we are doing a John le Carré special is so that I don't have to do uh, six episodes for each of these books, but we are focusing primarily on Looking Glass. I have in my hand Little Drummer Girl. This is an uncorrected proof, and this copy, this exact copy from my hand, it appeared in a BBC Points of View special about Little Drummer Girl, to coincide with their amazing, amazing show starring the lovely Florence Pugh. Uh, she was relatively unknown to British eyes when she was or became the drummer girl for this, and she was cast just amazingly well. Uh, it's a terrible copy. Um, it's approved, so there's no fancy cover. This one's from Peter Harrington. This one is quite valuable, I have to say, and I say that advisedly. It, I don't have a budget, but... Given that I don't have a budget, this is a good, this is a solid piece of book. The spine's faded, there's fading to the cover, but it's a pre-publication uncorrected proof, which is comparatively rare. You can pick these up easily enough, but they're not cheap. And then we come on to another Peter Harrington special, uh, The Secret Pilgrim by Hodwin Stoughton 91 in octavo. And this is a uh, an uncorrected proof, but it has the hardback dummy dust jacket on it. Uh, net price was 1495 back in 1991 when this was supposed to be coming out. I think it did come out then. There is a bit of rubbing to the dust jacket. That's fine. I can live with that. Because of the way it's done, it looks like it's actually part of the design. There's no problem for me there. This, this is a proof. It's been well used. Uh, it's in good condition. There's no foxing or anything. It's too new. It's about half the price. It's about half as much as Little Drummer Girl, but it looks twice as good on the shelf. And you might have heard this one. This is stuck to the desk a little bit. This is a Peter Harrington special as well. These were two uh, uh, very generously discounted for me. Um, this single and single is a purple cover. So this is definitely uh, not the final cover. 
it's just a pre-production cover but it has got a nice purple photo of John on the back really nice it's got one short paragraph of acknowledgements in the back no foxing really modern paper it feels like a textbook it's a real shocker but Single and Single has become one of my favorite Le Carres. If you don't know anything about it, Single and Single are a father and son legal team. Their family name is Single, and it's just a great story. The, the father is clearly modeled on David Cornwell's father, who was a rogue. This guy is way off that scale, I think, and it's just a brilliant book. Single and Single, massively overlooked, and it's just amazing. I don't have any Tinker Tailor books because I borrow them all from the London Library. They have the first editions there. But I do have this first edition, which is signed by David, and it is a legacy of spies. Now, many, many people have this copy. This is a tipped-in, what's called a tipped-in thing, which means that the sheets are stacked up individually and signed by John and then glued into the book after it's been produced which is a real horrible thing to do, but it's a way to get large numbers of signed copies out into the market, which means that this is not valuable, but it is in mint condition. Uh, I did read this copy, but I've also got the ebook, so it looks like it's unread. That's a real, real nice example, but it has very little value due to its quantities on the market. So there we go. That's my John le Carré collection, the most famous one, of course, it's Drummer Girl because it's been on the telly and it's still on iPlayer, I think, or it was for a long time. We did a special thing with Points of View about that series and we all had to say what we liked about it and stuff. And of course, everybody liked Skarsgård and Pew and it was just really well done, really well done by John's sons, I believe. Um, Legacy of Spy is really great too, but why we're here today, it's so that I finally have an excuse to read Looking Glass War. Let's look at the book. Over to you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. So, as promised, here is my copy of The Looking Glass War by John le Carré, otherwise known as David Cornwell or Cornwall. The spine's faded. Its white background is virtually unreadable now. The scuffing, the dust cover is faded partially onto the cover. The top and bottom are badly worn. There is a tear on the yellow back, which I can repair, not with sellotape. And there's some quotes on the back for John le Carré's first well, not his first novel, but really the breakthrough novel, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. This was when his career really took off. About that book, Graham Greene says, The best spy story I have ever read. Orville Prescott, it may be the best anybody has ever read. Julian Simmons or Simons, an offbeat downbeat exercise in double and triple crossing. Excellent and so on from some other people whose names have drifted from me. John le Carré's real name is David Conwell. He is married with three sons and is living in Vienna on a new, working on a new novel. He was educated at Sherborne, Bern University in Oxford. He became a teacher at Eton and so on. And he became a full-time writer outside of MI5 and MI6 after the success of The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Uh, most of The Looking Glass War was written on the island of Crete, where he lived for eight months with his quite young family. So this is the book, the second album in many ways, um, the difficult second album, because Le Carre now is seen as a writer. He's left the espionage world behind fully, irrevocably, actually. And he's got to write a follow-up to a really great bestseller, um, a really nice spy Berlin Cold War, Berlin Wall story. And he's come up with this, The Looking Glass War, which references Alice in Wonderland. So we've got to look out for Alice. So some quotes from the other side of the dust cover. 
Snow covered the airfield. It had come from the north in the mist, driven by the night wind smelling of the sea. There it would stay all winter, threadbare on the grey earth, an icy sharp dust, not thawing and freezing, but static, like a year without seasons. And it goes on to say that's the beginning of this book, the sequel, or not sequel, but follow-on from The Spy Who, the Spy Who, as we sometimes call it, uh, which was joint winner of the Somerset Maugham Award 1964, a book that J.B. Priestley called a superbly constructed story with an atmosphere of chilly hell, and C.P. Snow said that John le Carre is the best writer of spy stories, living or dead. You can have all of this entertainment for 18 shillings net. On my copy, just before the title page, we have Blue Fountain Pen. To Darling Dar, with love from Adrian and Alex for your birthday, 22nd of May 1966. Uh, the price that I paid for it from St Mary's Books this year is £45, so quite a good bit of appreciation there. But it's, it's in a fair condition. Maybe a good or very good even. You know, it's showing signs of age. The book itself, uh, there's no sign of foxing, I'm pleased to report. The paper feels cottony. It, it feels like real 60s paper, proper, you know, English, uh, not mass-produced cartridge paper, pretty much. Looking Glass War by John le Carre. Ah, we have Alice here. I wouldn't mind being a pawn if only I might join. So in other words, it's better to be a pawn as long as you're in the game. This is John le Carre's fourth novel, of course. Uh, the first were Call for the Dead, A Murder of Quality, but then it was The Spy Who that became his bestseller and remained so really until the Carla trilogy came along. But this was well done. The Looking Glass War, I've not read it yet. William Heinemann Limited, first published in 1965, so this is the first edition. Printed in Great Britain by Cox and Wyman Limited, London, Fakenham and Reading. Dedicated to James Kennaway, a man who I'm not aware of, I will research. So a nice short foreword, thanks to these people, particularly to the editors and staff of Aviation Week and Space Technology, which makes this sound pretty exciting to my science fiction brain. And above all, thank you to my wife for her entire incorporation. John le Carre, Crete, May 1964. So this book was finished by May 1964. It came out in 65, and this particular copy was bought for somebody's birthday in a year later, in May 1966, the last words in the book are, not the end, sleepless tapping of the north wind. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that means. A really nice copy. Dust covers shot, but the, the blackboards are quite nice. It's got an inscription uh, mentioning three people that I've never heard of. It's really nice. So I'd just like to add this short note about the dedication from Looking Glass War to a man called James Kennaway, a Scottish novelist and screenwriter who died at the age of 40 shortly after The Looking Glass War was published. At the time John le Carre was writing the book, he'd become friends with James and his wife Susan, and they spent a lot of time together. They went to the cinema together, and on one particular evening, they were sitting either side of Susan, and they were watching a Truffaut movie called Jules and Jim, which is about two men, friends, who fall for the same woman. And in fact, John le Carre did fall for James's wife, Susan. This anecdote is mentioned by... Adam Sisman, in his memorable and recent biography of John le Carre, uh, a strongly recommended book. And it shows that there is potentially a whole story, a whole other book, behind just a couple of words from The Looking Glass War. And those two words are James Kennaway. And that's what I like about this podcast, is it forces me to learn things that I perhaps wouldn't have checked on if I hadn't had a good excuse. And finding out who on earth James Kennaway was is an interesting story. There's a lot more material in the show notes and on the website. 
which I invite you to look at. And I think it's it's worth thinking about even the dedication of a particular book can unveil or disclose a lot about the life and times of the writer at the time that that dedication was made. That's James Kennaway in The Looking Glass War by John le Carré. <laughs>